Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill. This is and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. And I am literally sitting here in the dark with a little bit of light and waiting for the sun to come up, looking at my journal and ready to talk about what I just wrote out loud. Uh, I am recording this on Wednesday morning, uh, October 5th, and uh, I'm doing a bit of an experiment. I am doing this on my phone uh, as an, a separate recording to see if I can upload it so the quality uh, and the background noises might uh, be awkward because it's one of those no edit, no control moments, and as I'm speaking, the dog is asleep, but there's no guarantee. Uh, but I wanted to uh, try to do this because uh, I wanted to talk about where what I'm uh, journaling about right now because it's related to what's going on, I think, uh, out in the world, within us, and also, uh, you know, as, as a follow-up to the comments from the last posting uh, where I asked you, do you want me to just ask questions and provide uh, you your own journaling opportunities, which I do want to start doing more of, uh, and or do you want me to talk about what I think? And, you know, I hesitate because uh, I totally agree, like the world doesn't need more opinions. But I also know sometimes it's helpful for me not to listen so other people, you know, what they call confirmation bias. So not so people, you know, most people listen to others because they want to confirm what they already know because that makes them feel secure in their own uh, belief system. But, uh, you know, I've been having a human experience uh, the last few weeks, uh, most of it not that great. And it's really hard when you know you're struggling with something and you know uh, that you don't really have to, but you're human, and so you're you're struggling, even though intellectually, you know, you might understand something that uh, you shouldn't be stressed about, but it's still causing stress or upset or hurt feelings or concern that uh, I find it's helpful to at least hear other people in the sense that, okay, well, at least I'm not crazy. We can't solve this problem. We can't fix this problem. Uh Right now, you know, all I can do is experience this problem. And uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and she, uh, st you know, I started to talk to her uh, in 2000, probably eight or nine, because uh, that was when I was losing my house. And I didn't know anybody else who was struggling with, uh, you know, losing their house. And that was that big mortgage thing, at least in California at that time. And so it wasn't like it was just me, but there were a lot of people, uh, you know, losing their homes. Uh, and it was a very stressful experience and it was upsetting. And, uh, and I understood all of it intellectually, you know, and I made my decisions about what to do or what not to do, uh, you know, from common sense and intellectually. And, uh, but there was still a really human component, but she was the only one I knew who'd had the experience. And, you know, she would tell me her story where she would, you know, was so freaked out where she was, uh, you know, being in, because she didn't have a place to go when she was losing her house. I mean, literally hiding in her home while they're knocking on the door saying, you know, you have to leave. And, uh, you know, those are the kinds of things that are so personal. Uh, 
and can be shameful if somebody else hasn't had that same experience. Because when you share an experience like that, I think there's comfort in it when it's not about right or wrong. It's just the capacity to share the experience versus uh, when someone hasn't, you know, they can say, oh, that's really, I'm sorry that happened to you, but it doesn't mean anything. In the same way, you know, when people respond in such a way like, well, or they start to problem solve for you, well, you should, then that's very uh, disheartening. Or when they just flat out make you wrong. And then when people make you wrong, you pretty much shut down and don't want to talk to that person. That's the end of that relationship as you once knew it. Uh, with It happens, you know, like in our romantic relationships. Everything's fabulous until that first resentment creeps in. And then it's just, you know, the walls start to go up. And, you know, I talk about that right now because there's so much going on and uh, it's, we're all in different positions. You know, we all have different experiences with what's happening. Uh, And sometimes when there's great big crises like this, right, there's nobody you can talk to because either everybody's overwhelmed or nobody understands. This capacity to listen and to just be present with the other person is a lost art in so many ways. And I think as we all get more and more uh, overwhelmed or struggle, you know, when your own personal struggles are uh, filling you up, there's no room to listen to other people. There's no room to be there. Uh, And then, you know, if somebody says or does something and it hurts you, then, you know, it's even harder. And how do we move forward, you know, when we have this, uh, it's no longer just a personal experience as we're moving into a period of time where uh, it's not just a few people, it's more and more and more. And... Uh, you know, that's that's why I believe so powerfully in journaling, because it's a place to dump all that energy, that emotional energy, that thinking energy, that frustration energy, that anger energy, all those things that it's nobody else's responsibility to absorb from you. But we're human and we need to put it somewhere. And that to me is the true power of the journal is that You can put it unedited. Nobody gets their feelings hurt as long as no one reads it. And uh, it's a way to discharge what's happening uh, to work out some of the details and then be able to uh, maybe come back uh, in a way that is less hurt, less angry, less stressed out. Uh, But it isn't, you know, the end all be all. It's just part of a process. And, you know, we all have a different feeling about where we want to be, process versus outcome. Uh, And one of the things, you know, I'm focusing on here is process, not outcome. And that came up in one of the comments about uh, problem solving. And I actually talked quite a bit about problem solving in the previous podcast, because, uh, 
I think the older we get, the more we realize that there's never going to be an end to the problems we are being faced with, but we're in different places having different problems. And so it can feel like it's new and it's different. You know, when I was losing everything, the house, the 401k, the cars, uh, my identity, a home, uh, being part of a uh, socioeconomic class, you know, uh, I was losing everything. And I consciously made that choice. But for me, it was a long time ago. And so I've already moved through the emotional aspects of all that. And uh, and because of that, because I could lose everything, you know, my question was, uh, what does it mean to survive in the world? And that's how I got on this survival road path about, well, what what is human survival? Because we grow up and we're in, in one experience. And when that experience is taken away from us, uh, the next question is, okay, well, what does it actually mean? Uh, and I feel like we're in that point of time where it's not just about survival, you know, water, food, shelter, but what does it mean to be human? That's why I talk about it so much. What does it mean to be uh, part of a community? What do we owe each other? You know, we've been in a specific kind of culture wherever you are in the world for a long time, depending on how old you are, you know, you have different memories. I saw, uh, you know, an article about, uh, from I think it was Martin Armstrong, the, the youth in Russia have no memory of war. The older people remember what the Nazis did very clearly. And so they have really different feelings about what's happening in their culture because they have different memories. Uh, and we're the same way. You know, in America, we have very different feelings about when we were born and when we grew up and what's valuable and what's important to us. Uh, and, you know, there's always a generational component to that. And it's the same thing, you know, with our individual experience. If you had a very traumatic childhood, uh, you know, that's going to influence you. That trauma is going to be with you and influence you in all different kinds of ways. If you had a, you know, quote unquote, normal childhood uh, you're not carrying that same stuff forward. So there's there's a different way of being in the world. And uh, we're all here in very different ways. But what's interesting to me now is we're, it feels to me we're all kind of being funneled into a more cohesive shared uh, experience. Uh, and that's what happens when there's large scale uh, natural disasters. That's what happens when there's a war. Uh, that's what happens, uh, you know, when there's regime change. You know, when you have, uh, you know, for for most of us, our experience has been personal because the external structure has existed. You didn't have to worry about water coming out of your spout. You didn't have to worry about the electricity coming on and off. Uh, these are not part of your uh questions. They're just part of your uh, accepting this is how it is. But as more and more people uh, start losing things and as the, the culture becomes uh, uh, deconstructed, which is, you know, what's happening right now, we're in a deconstruction period, uh, more and more people are losing, 
you know, their foundation. Uh, and that's becoming and will become a larger shared experience. And, you know, we're all in different places. We're all going to respond to it differently. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, uh, it really comes down to uh, kind of two things. And I, and I think this is where uh, we bump heads. And I think this is where we get our heart broken and we'll be getting our heart broken. Uh, and, and they're not important when there's life is normal, uh, but they're life and death when uh, all of the systems come down. And, and so one of the reasons I'm talking about the nervous system is because that to me is how I'm going to drive myself through this process because I've been driving myself through this process my whole life, just like you have, right? Lots of lots of things to overcome, lots of things to deal with, lots of things, uh, you know, that are heartbreaking, uh, lots of loss, lots of struggle, uh, lots of change. And what I've learned is it just, it doesn't end. And what I've uh, experienced uh, through research and, you know, seeking and spirituality is that that's the whole point. It's not supposed to end. It's not about the outcome. It's about who you are in the process. But not all of us are wired to want to ever get to the process. So I think that's okay. And I think, you know, it's it's one of those things where you have to just own uh, where your comfort is. Are you more over, are you more outcome oriented or more process oriented? Uh, and I have in the past been outcome oriented. Uh, but for me, what I've learned is that the outcomes are never going to stay consistent. And I have to figure out how to not lose my mind in the process or put myself on hold indefinitely until I get the outcome I wanted. And it, it doesn't work 100%, right? Like I still can know something intellectually, not be able to manage it emotionally because it's still frustrating me or it's something I don't want. Uh, and that's just our life. That's just who we are. That's just the way it is. And so uh, what I was, you know, one of the questions I've been asking myself is uh, what does it mean as a, what is the purpose of a wired for danger person? And uh, especially women, I think, you know, wired for danger men are very much about going out in the world and doing the hard thing physically and mentally. Uh, and I, I am, and that's the masculine energy, but I'm curious about what the feminine version of wired for danger is. And I was talking uh, to a, this, you know, this friend and she's like me, you know, she's pretty uh, difficult. And, uh, you know, we were commenting on, we just, you know, it's hard for us to get along with anybody, but we can tolerate each other because we don't collapse uh, under our imperfections <laughs> or our limitations. Uh, and so, you know, life is really this a series of internal and external pressures uh, we call those different things. We put different names on them and we identify most of them as problems to solve, right? I'm depressed. Uh, that's a problem I need to solve. I don't have any money. That's a problem I need to solve. Uh, I don't like so-and-so. That's a problem I need to solve. Uh, and we 
all have a different per- percentage of uh, how we internalize and how we externalize. You know, typically masculine is externalization, feminine is internalization. Um, but the end of the day is none of those feel good. And we're human and we're not perfect. And so uh, that always brings me back to process and to the journal. And so this morning, you know, I was having that same conversation, like why, uh, who, who, who are we supposed to be in this world, especially, you know, as Wired for Danger women, what is it that we can bring to the party that's unique because we don't fit for the most part, under the normal world and day-to-day, but as we're experiencing this funneling where there's more and more things happening and it's getting more intense, uh, you know, I feel like, well, there's got to be something in that. You know, that's what I keep feeling. That's what I keep hearing. Uh, and so as I was listening to uh, the some podcasts, uh, they were talking about the Marines adapt to overcome. And I thought, you know, that's always been my thing. Like, I love the underdog. I love the overcome movies. I love the whole uh, never give up, never quit, and overcome. And uh, and that's just, like, in my DNA. And I give up, and I lay down, and I cry, and I temper tantrum, you know, decades at a time. But I can't quit no matter what, even if it's takes years or decades for me to stop fighting against what I don't want and and focusing on, you know, what I can do. I can't ever get away from that overcome thing. And that's what makes me happy. That's what gives me joy. To overcome an obstacle to me is like the, the what makes me really happy. But I think that's a tinier percentage of people. And I think, uh, the other comment that came up is uh, how you exert control uh, over others is you incrementally uh, create learned helplessness. And, you know, we saw all those horrible experiments uh, where a, per- a certain percentage of people r- uh, adapt to being helpless versus adapting to overcome. And, uh, I think for me, what I want to believe is that we are wired for danger, meaning uh, we're basically our nervous system is always pushing forward in terms adapt to overcome. But I also think, you know, when I go back over people that I've known, there's a breaking point where you just uh, can't get past your help, the helplessness, you collapse, you just can't go further and uh, and it's hard to not internalize that as failure, as weakness. Um, and I think that's our journey that we take is that battle between overcome and helplessness of collapse under internal and external pressure. And, and to me, uh, what makes sense is... Uh, that's the end place to try to manage between those two pieces, what it means to surrender uh, to God versus submit to external control. It's sort of like, uh, you know, do we own who we are within ourselves and then let go of the external stuff because we really can't control that at the end of the day? 
or do we keep trying to submit to external control uh, to feel safe and comfortable, uh, hoping somebody else can control the external uh, so that we'll be okay? And, and so I thought that was a really good, simple way to think about it. You know, on this problem that I'm facing, uh, am I adapting to overcome or am I adapting to the helplessness that I can't? But what I think's underneath that is when are we supposed to just let it go uh, versus are we just giving up? And uh, it's, a, it's such a fine energetic difference. It's very difficult for me to speak it because I can tell you what it feels like for myself, uh, but it's not something uh, that anybody can do for you. It's one of those things that uh, we have to feel our way through the energy of letting go versus giving up. Uh, and to me, that's the power of the journaling because there's usually a whole bunch of crap that goes in front of before you can get to that part, like you know, uh, being angry, being upset, being uh, judgmental, being all these other things, you know, the power of journaling them out is that you can get all that energy out of the way and get down to maybe what the real underlying issue is. But wanting to do that, I think, comes from that, do I want to overcome this or do I want to collapse from this? And, uh, and it's a lifelong, multiple lifelong process. It's not just a one and done. And, you know, that's why I don't really like talking about spiritual stuff, because there's this idea that somehow you are just finished, right? You are enlightened and you bliss out and uh, nothing happens. And I think it's totally the opposite. My experience is the deeper I get into this, the harder the lessons are, uh, the more my heart breaks, right? It's just sort of this endless process. And... Uh, and I can understand it intellectually, but it still takes me time to move through it emotionally and, uh, you know, reframe it or figure out what which one is let go and which one is give up. And uh, how can I, uh, you know, how can I keep moving forward and not... Uh, you're just laying down. And so to me, that's that's sort of the hallmark of the wire for danger. There's a point where we all are just going to lay down. Uh, but until then, you know, until we get to that point where we can't move forward anymore, uh, we're still engaged. And I liked that really simple idea of, uh, you know, how are you responding to any internal or external pressure is your focus, can I adapt to overcome? Or am I just going to adapt to being helpless? Uh, and there's no right or wrong in that, because in some ways, we are helpless to uh, change anybody else's mind about anything. There is a helplessness in watching other people give up. Uh, and it, there can even be a helplessness when people are ready to let go. Uh, you know, there's a, it's, it's not a black and white absolute process. And I think uh, for people who are very left brain or very logical or very sequential, 
or very controlling. All this stuff is absolutely frustrating. And it's supposed to be because it doesn't make any common sense. There's no reason to it. But I think if we can simplify it to, uh, you know, everything is some internal or external pressure. Uh, that's our stress. Is our instinct to overcome or to collapse into helplessness. And obviously, you know, people who have strong drivers to overcome, to me, that's the real wired for danger person, uh, is going to be absolutely out of their mind and aggravated with people who are collapsed and helpless. Uh, and the irony is, though, that same wired for danger person wants to run into the building and save the person uh, from the fire. But we also will become enraged if that same person just looked at us, got up and walked back into the house, right? Like I just saved you and you just went back in and I can't and you won't save yourself. So it, it becomes this funky thing of, you know, we're, we're happy when we can save you and we are insanely crazy when you don't want to save yourself. And as we move into this funnel of collective collapse for all of us, uh, there's not going to be simple overcome problems. Like you can't just put the fire out and everything is okay. It's like, oh, wait a minute, the entire cities on fire, the entire country's on fire, the entire world is on fire. So there's a whole different level and dimension to what's happening right now as we are, uh, what I kind of see is funneling into this collective experience where there'll be a few people who will do okay, and we'll all have a unique experience within it. Uh, but one of the reasons uh, I think about the big things like the electricity going out or war or that kind of stuff is because to me, this stuff is easy. If the whole system is in place and it's just my personal problem, then uh, I've already done all of that stuff. You know, that to me is simple. If I can like sit here and have a, a personal crisis uh, but I can still turn the electricity on. I still go get water. I can still uh, click onto the internet. I can still, uh, you know, call someone up and talk to them. In because I've already been through so much of the personal stuff, that to me is a piece of cake. What I'm interested in is what happens when all those things that I've taken for granted are taken away, which is what that experiment was this July. Uh, even I was shocked at my own personal and emotional reactions in a pretend situation. So I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in the real version because just my own simulation. Uh, and I really got into it, you know, as an emotional experience, not a physical exercise, like can I start fire, but emotionally, you know, like what do you do when you have no contact with any humans except your tiny pack uh, and you can't get along with your tiny group of people, right? And the only option is to venture out and be on your own literally with no support systems because the civilization is gone. Uh, or do you just suck it up and find a way to get along with people? I mean, to me, the reason I talk about that is t that is the next version of what I'm interested in. But the simplicity is all the same. Internal, external pressure uh, is my energy to overcome or to collapse and be helpless. And then 
you know, the horror, the horror show moment of when you can't overcome. And, and in so many ways, that's what aging is, is we can't physically overcome our, our limitations anymore. So now we have to find a new way to adapt uh, mentally and emotionally because physically we can't solve that problem anymore. Uh, so to me, that's why I think about this stuff. It's all, in my mind, one thing. It's just different degrees and different internal, external pressures that might have different names. But at the end of the day, am I overcoming or am I collapsing in helplessness? Uh, and to me, you know, the end, the end of the road on overcoming is surrendering to God. And the end of the road on collapsing into helplessness is submitting to an external system of control. I'm giving up my internal strength and focus, which to me is what God is, uh, internal to an external source, uh, to me, overcome and surrender is to let go of the external stuff uh, and to surrender and uh, focus within. Uh, and at the end of the day, neither one of these equals getting everything I want, right? So, I mean, it's there's no point in which uh, I get everything I want, when I want, and how I want. And that's what makes it so difficult because it's not a journey that is the promise of a perfect life, perfect health, perfect safety, perfect comfort. It's everything but. And very, very, very few people will listen. And we, you know, they say that, you know, everyone is called, few will answer that call. Uh, and, you know, we see that uh, in the elite uh military, right? Lots of people want to be special forces. Very few people can get to special forces. Uh, and the interesting secret about that is uh, they will tell you that you get through uh, because your overcome is just uh, every day. It's like you, you, most people fail out of, uh, the buds training for uh, Navy. I, I'm really, you know, did a lot of studying about this because it interests me. Because I'm kind of wired that way, but I'm still a girl. But the way that you that they got through that hell week is, you you don't push your focus out into the future. You just uh, you overcome that moment. You just get through that moment. And that people who would push their focus far into the future, like I can't do this for another week, I can't do this for four more days, those people would fail. If you could just stay in the more present, I can deal with this now, I just have to get through the next hour, I just have to get through the next minute, uh, I can do that. And that's sort of the basis of the 12-step program. You don't have to think, oh, I'm going to be sober for the next 40 years, you just have to be sober for the next hour or for the next minute or for the next 30 seconds. Uh, but within that 30 seconds, within that minute, it is the very simple question, can I overcome? Can I get through? Or am I going to collapse in this 30 seconds? Am I going to collapse in this one hour? Am I going to collapse in this one day? Uh, and so I just wanted to share that because, uh, you know, I'm finding myself in the same uh, experience that we're all in, you know, looking out into the world and trying to decide how to respond 
to the external pressures, uh, trying to figure out how to respond to the internal pressures I am placing on myself uh, while I'm in an environment that I don't know how to function in anymore because I've been alone for so long. And so uh, I'm learning a lot uh, about my own limitations, about my own choices, about who chooses to overcome and who uh, will collapse. And just because you are somebody that's wired for danger, you might be someone that can run into a burning building, but you're not able to uh, look at a feeling. I was always fascinated that with men, especially, is that, uh, you know, they will throw their bodies into the most horrific violent experiences ever, but you try to talk about a feeling and it's the end of the world. And so it isn't just overcome or collapse in helplessness physically. There's mental overcome, mental collapse. There's emotional overcome, emotional collapse. And there's spiritual overcome and spiritual collapse. And so uh, it's a long process of life that we are in, and it's usually more than one. It's always more than one. It's eternal, right? And so it's always a journey. But, uh, but for me, the real way through that has not... Uh, that has allowed me to stay alive is the journaling process. And that's why I believe in it so strongly because there's no person that will ever be able to absorb everything that you think and feel, uh, nor should they, but we need a place to put it. Uh, and when it just spins in our head, uh, that can usually be a very bad thing. So, All right. So uh, this is my experiment on the phone. I don't know. I hope that it, uh, you could hear it okay. Uh, I won't know the quality until I upload it and uh, keep my fingers crossed. So deep breath, my friends, and I will see you next time.